welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 44. Our sponsor this episode is Thrasher Coffee, so shop at thrashercoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the code THANKSTHRASHER to get 25% off in the true spirit of Thanksgiving. I am Joe Darnell, and with me today is my regular co-host, the Craft Roaster, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning. Good morning, Eric, and happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We're here Has- recording on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving's big Eve. Day. That's right. Thanks. Yeah. Thanksgiving's Eve. We are going to do a little bit of follow-up that have nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but then we'll get into seasonal coffees a little bit later on. And along the way, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kalita Wave, which is something that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It's the new pullover, the dripper that I got to replace what I usually do in the mornings for me and my wife using an AeroPress and a Starbucks ceramic dripper. Eric uses the Hario V60 a lot at the office. Yes. And we have that to compare to the Kalita Wave. But uh, yeah, we have a little bit of follow-up. So first of all, the Irish coffee. I think that that was a big hit with all of our listeners. Got some more right here. We mm. do. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and inappropriate Irish coffee mugs. And we got these. Big. Uh, yeah, they're huge. Big mugs. Let's see. What did you say they would hold about maybe 12 to 14 ounces? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that. They would easily hold twelve, and if you if you want to pour it all the way to the top, you could you could probably get thirteen or fourteen ounces in there. It's it's a pretty hefty mug. Okay, I'm going to take a picture because nobody is going to be able to appreciate this unless we have this in the show notes. Here's my Kalita and the coffee mug. Turn it so I can see the handle here, and you can see a little bit of my computer. All right, so if you check the show notes, you'll see that picture. And you'll have an appreciation for the size of this coffee mug next to the Kalita Wave next to my MacBook where we're recording the podcast. This professional podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. Where we take pictures in the the middle. It is what it is. We're off script. (laughs) Oh, that was nice. The air just turned off. I think everybody listening to the show is going to hear like this. In our studio. For the first few minutes and all of a sudden. We were rushing through space there for the first few minutes. A space blizzard. Yeah. And we came indoors. All right. We closed the hatch. <laughs> okay, so back to the Irish coffee. First of all, this is the quintessential perfect Irish coffee mug. I went to four stores to find this one. And when I picked it up, I knew it was just right. Because at the first three, the handle had that hard, annoying glass edge seam that would be very uncomfortable to hold. The downside, though, with any of these coffee mugs is that they don't have a handle that's large enough for four fingers. So Mm. like so many other coffee mugs, it's awkward to hold with three fingers or maybe two, but you get used to it because so many coffee mugs do this to you, right? Yeah. You just, you just have to, you have, you have no other choice. Yeah. So many coffee mugs are like this, but it's huge. So it has this nice glass pedestal and then the actual goblet part of the glass has a rim that comes outward and it's great. It's just, uh, it's good for the Irish coffee. So many of these mugs that I came across where actually hold like eight to nine ounces was, which was just a kind of a joke, right? Because the, all the recipes I found online called for more than eight or nine ounces of ingredients. Well, they probably assume you're going to be pouring two cups. Maybe make a 10 ounces worth of Irish coffee and split it between two. Yeah. Cause I'm not complaining. I, I think the, I think the big mug is enough for two servings. Right. I mean, I like, I, I like the big mug, but usually if, if you order an Irish coffee in a restaurant, going to be in those those narrow it's going to be the the irish coffee mug junior size i don't know what the official or authorized mug is supposed to be but for my preference i, I definitely prefer this one 
Good choice, Joe. Thank you. I'm not getting an Irish coffee injury. So no. that's that's nice. I'm not I don't have to put my fingers into in into band-aids to drink out of the cup. Mm. Nice. And uh, one other nice thing about this Irish coffee is that today we're using the Thrasher Christmas blend roast, Indeed. which is something new and different in my kitchen. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. All right. But first, we had actually a, a listener follow-up question. It is Daryl San Pedro who asked us on Facebook, Joe and Eric really love your podcast. Oh, thank you, Daryl. I recently visited Stumptown's website, and it looks like they are selling $75 12-ounce bags of coffee. What's your guys' take on that? Hashtag Ask Top Brew. So the roast that he's talking about that he linked to was some of their Guatemalan geisha coffee. Wait, Guatemala, is that what you said? Guatemalan? Yeah. Yeah. So you look up the link. It's there. It's uh, Stumptown. It says Guatemala Fincha El Injerto Geisha. Oh, typically the geishas are, are, are high mountain Panama coffees. Okay. This is the coffee for finishing a fine meal with good people. It's the one drink when you can pause and take it all in. Vibrant plus aromatic, elegant and complex, with brilliant tropical notes, bergamot undertones, and a nectarous sweetness. The geisha variety is perhaps the most well-known single coffee variety in the world, though it is one of the rarest and certainly the most unusual. I'm reading this right off of the product page. Nothing special. Geisha is an ancient Ethiopian heirloom, but its future is unwritten. It requires a Herculean effort to grow it, demanding hard work and good luck in equal measure. We turn to the Aguirres, that is their, their family of coffee roasters for this, and the result is a pristine expression of variety, farm, and process in one perfect, brilliant cup. It's available for pre-sale only for right, right, yeah, for right now, a 12-ounce uh, whole bean bag for $75. The packaging looks very, very elegant. It looks like you're getting a box of fancy cigars. Stumptown coffee roasters in this beautiful gold foiling and on a navy blue box. And inside of that, just a normal brown paper bag full of beans. Mm -hmm. But uh, very beautiful labeling. I like what they're doing with the packaging. And uh, it, it just that alone maybe costs $5 or so for the beautiful expensive box you're not going to get rid of. You're going to use that later for your uh, whatever it is that you use such boxes for. Right. Collector's edition box. But what do you make of this, Eric? It says right there in the description why the coffee is so expensive. A, because it's rare, and B, it's it's hard to grow. It requires a lot of a lot of care and and certain conditions. Coffees that that have to be manually harvested. You can't get machinery to where where you're going to be growing these. You're either going to get a really a really great coffee or something that's just okay, but it's not great. But as soon as they call it a geisha, it's going to demand. A high price. Um, yeah, it has. So it has a lot of prestige because of how it is farmed in a very unusual environment that is hard to get to and difficult to produce. And it's and it's trendy. That's a whole other reality right now. Is that that the geisha coffees are trendy because they're they're kind of like the, you know the fine wine or the or the, the high end caviar of the of the coffee industry. It's you know the thing that that I really appreciate about about coffee is that okay, it's a twelve ounce bag for seventy five dollars. I mean, if you bought a bottle of wine for $75 and wine goes way higher. Obviously it goes way higher than you, you can spend hundreds, thousands of dollars on a, on a single bottle of wine and it's gone. When you pop the cork on that thing, you obviously want to share it with, with other people. You want to make it, you want to turn it into an event. Well, it's gone probably the course of an hour. It's gone, but you pay $75 for a 12 ounce bag of coffee. I mean, you're probably not going to make it all in one night, right? You're going to, you, I should hope not. You'll have it over the course of, of a week, maybe a couple weeks. So $75 for, for 12 ounces of coffee is steep, I'll admit. But 
if this is really as good as they say it is, and it's really as unique and and rare, and let's let's just assume that it is, then pound for pound, ounce for ounce, that's really not that bad of a price to get something in this this high end realm that most people aren't going to ever experience in their lives. That's a kind of a small price tag for a very high end experience. So that that's one of my personal appreciations about the coffee industry is that the coffee itself there, there's there's certainly a wide range of of quality from you know commodity from from poor coffee all the way up to exquisite coffee but the price range really isn't that bad it's from what maybe $3 a pound all the way up to $75 a pound that's not that huge of a range it's still under $100 and it's something that you're going to be able to drink over multiple days over multiple evenings and enjoy so in that sense it's a good value so how many cups of coffee do you think you can make? How many eight ounce cups of coffee can you make with 12 ounces of whole beans? Well, while you're working on that, Eric, in the math in your head, I have some thoughts. Uh, personally, I think that this is a coffee that's all about the experience. Kind of like Eric was saying, you buy this coffee because of the prestige that comes with it. You know that the farmers put more hard work into these beans than any other. And because it is a very unusual variety, you are ex- you, you should expect to get a different sort of flavor profile than you would from Arabica beans or, you know, sta- you know, typically what you pick up anywhere else. It's not commodity coffee. These are taste tested. They're honed into a particular style from the aficionados, the coffee aficionados. Now, is everybody going to be able to taste the difference in this coffee? Probably not. If you know craft yeah, coffee, you would, you would know, you would notice if you noticed the flavor profiles at mm-hmm. all, but I know good people who have a huge appreciation for coffee, just as regular coffee drinkers, that really can't tell the difference between any sort of coffee profile. Yeah, They can't tell the difference between decaf and regular coffee, or the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, or Starbucks coffee. Yeah, I, so I mean, I think they can. Coffee. They just choose not to. Yeah, yeah, it's probably... There's, there's yeah. no... It's, it's not like their taste buds don't work. They just think coffee is coffee. There's no real reason to, to analyze what's being put in their mouth. Oh, this is coffee. This is what it's going to taste like. And when it tastes somewhat like coffee and it's brown and they and they and they put milk in it and it's it's kind of a similar experience that's as far as they go but oh I mean, you can do the same thing with wine you can do a four dollar bottle of wine or a four hundred dollar four hundred dollar bottle of wine put both of them in your mouth and just and just swallow it and like oh yeah oh look that was wine you would be appalled if somebody did that with a four hundred dollar bottle of wine but you can you can do the same thing just like you, you can with steak or beef or or any other food product, it's it's like oh yeah, this is this is meat. Where I where I see the place for a coffee that's this expensive in this sort of packaging with this sort of backstory is that it is something to enjoy for special occasions, like you would break out the fine wine. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And as well for gifts, you know, if you want to show extra appreciation for somebody that appreciates craft coffee, in the old days. You would buy somebody an, an extra special nice box of cigars. Anybody enjoys coffee. And if you find somebody in your life that actually enjoys craft coffee and you wanted to give them a very thoughtful gift, instead of buying them two or three neckties, buy them this bag of beans because it comes in a beautiful box and it says, I care about you and I have a high level of esteem for you. Yeah. This is a good looking craft coffee. So this is for the extra, extra special occasion, the kind of thing you'd give to somebody who like... <laughs> It means the world to you. Yeah, well, this, and this would be the kind of coffee that if you really want to expose the difference between commodity coffee and specialty coffee, this is how you would do it. You, you ah, would, that's a good point. You would, you would get something like this and then and then, and then then brew a pot of Folgers, okay? Here's what's being consumed in offices across the country. Try this first. 
Now try this. And the disparity between the two is going to be, wow, it's going to be amazingly different. But also looking at this from a roaster's perspective, if I had, if I had a bag of this, of this Geisha coffee, I guarantee you every time I put it in the roaster, it would be an event. Hmm. I mean, everything else would be blocked out because look, this is, this is costing me more as, as a roaster. When I, when, I, when I have to charge $75 for a bag of coffee, that means my cost to buy the green coffee was that much higher. So everything else is going to come to a stop and it's going to be, you know, I need to concentrate. This is something that you're going to pay strict attention to because you can't get it back. This is a very limited, a very rare coffee and you want to, you want to be able to sell all of it. You don't want to waste any of it with a with an improper roast. So it, it I think from from that perspective too that the roasters are going to pay what is it uh, Stumptown in this in yes. this case they're they're going to pay extreme attention to the roast process. Which you know not not to say that they don't for other ones, but with this rare coffee they're going they're going to give it that extra level of attention that is going to benefit in the cup. Hmm. Nice. Well, this does bring to mind now the next topic on the list that we have. We have the Christmas blend from Thrasher Coffee. And this is the stuff that you've been working on for a while now, Eric. The thing about seasonal varieties is you ask yourself, you know, does this actually cost more? Do you give people a special rate for buying multiple bags? How much are you going to produce for the season? And what goes into a craft roaster's Christmas blend. You know, we got Thanksgiving blends from some coffee roasters and then we got Christmas blends. And then sometimes you even see an, a, like a new year's blend. Mm -hmm. And the way I feel about these coffees is they're really fun to enjoy. They're, they're things I look forward to year end and year out like Oktoberfest. You know, it's something to come to this time of year and, and enjoy because it's that time of year again. Yeah. Like we've talked about with Irish coffee, it's something unique to enjoy during the fall season. And I don't think that you would want to make the geisha coffee your everyday coffee. And if you do, you're, you're filthy rich. Yeah. Send this, us some funding. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Sponsor our show. That's right. I'm sure people will love you and they'll help you buy more geisha coffee. So as it concerns, though, the, the other interesting craft roasts, I wanted to contrast the Christmas blends with something like this. I think that this is more accessible to more coffee drinkers. This is something that is more relatable. It is special. It's, it's a unique kind of blend that still says, I care about you if you happen to gift it to someone. And yes, I know Thresher Coffee is one of our sponsors. And I was about to get to that. But while we're thinking about it, I wanted you, Eric, to talk a little bit about the Thrasher blend of Christmas blend. Well, first of all, let me answer the question that you asked me five minutes ago. That I, oh, oh that, what happened? Because I had to do the math, remember? Oh, yeah. Okay. But, so we our typical ratio is... 16 ounces of water to, to one ounce of coffee. So on, on that ratio, a 12-ounce bag is going to yield you 24, 24 eight-ounce cups of coffee. If, if you make it according to the 16 to 1 ratio, each ounce is going to give you two eight-ounce cups of coffee. You're going to lose some of the water into the grounds that you're not going to get out. So you put 16 ounces of water through, through grounds, you're probably going to end up with, what, maybe 15, 14 and a half ounces of actual coffee. So you're going to get close to 24 cups out of a 12-ounce bag. And so each one of those cups would be costing you about $3.12 in the coffee beans. Yeah, and you look at it from that perspective, like, oh, that's, that's not that bad. That's what I, what I pay for my triple venti pumpkin spice skinny latte, you know? I mean, so it, it's, not, it's not completely out of the realm of craziness. Now, I, I mean, this is you making this coffee at home, so yeah, you, you're not going to be spending that much on every cup, but it's a, it's a rare and unique occasion. So to put a bow on that question... 
you know, it's all up to your own perspective. I think if you've got $75 to lay down to try it, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to give it a shot, especially if you've got other coffee people coming over maybe for Christmas or something that you want to, you know, per cup, would you say three something per cup? Yeah, $3.13. That's, that's, that's not outrageous at that point, you know? No, it's not. You may not ever climb to the top of a mountain peak, but you can get the beans from there. Yeah. And Stumptown is owned by Pete's now, mm. or, or will be. They bought a majority stake in Intelligentsia, and they also bought Stumptown. Mm. So Pete's Coffee is getting into the- uh, Craft the, roasting. They've, they've always been into craft roasting, so to speak, but they've always been at the at the higher end of the of the roast yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Now they're they're buying some of these- these other craft roasters who are who are focusing on the the lower end of the roast spectrum, which I find to be interesting. Well, our thanks to Thrasher Coffee for providing the support for the Top Brew podcast and the website. Thrasher is a small batch roaster of high quality, responsibly sourced coffee. They don't roast until you order, so you can be assured that the beans that you brew are as fresh as you can get them without roasting them yourself. The only way to ensure you're brewing the freshest coffee around is with a routine coffee delivery subscription, so you never run out. You can purchase Thrasher coffee by the pound, order by order if you just want to get a taste for them and see what you like, or you can also sign up for the subscription and get their extraordinarily fresh beans automatically delivered to your door with a fresh roast subscription. And because Thrasher is generous and Top Brew listeners are the best, you'll get 25% off of the purchase with the coupon code THANKSTHRASHER at checkout. My thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the podcast and our website. So talking a little bit more about the Christmas blend, Eric. I actually, we're drinking it right now. I had it yesterday and I really enjoy this roast. I've had it with a pour over brew. I've also had it with the AeroPress and I most definitely enjoy it more with the AeroPress. The overall consistency of the coffee, it adds a little bit more of the coffee oils to the brew. And with a pour over, it's not bad either. I know just a tinge of bitterness, but that has more to do with what I'm getting from the Kalita, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay. But I, I think, yeah, this is a solid first year Thrasher Christmas blend. So you want to talk a little bit about how you went into this process? What were your thoughts behind it? And were you attempting to go for a specific kind of coffee flavor description? Or did you just want something that worked well from a taste test? Yes to all those questions, I, I guess. One of the things that we determined from the very beginning is that we are not going to use any, any external flavors. I know when a lot of people think of Christmas blend, they think of they think of cinnamon or nutmeg or and some Christmas blends that you buy actually add that to the coffee. We weren't going to do that. We wanted to draw out any kind of. I'm sure it varies for every person, but whatever Christmas tastes like to you, we we wanted the coffee to make that presentation, not any extra flavor that that we would add to it. Adamantly opposed to doing that from the outset, if that even needs to be said. Um, this is the first time that I've ever blended more than three beans. Kind of scary territory for me. I've always, at least in my mind, I've always, I've, I've always thought that you know three is the is the most complex blend that I ever want to put together. The Christmas blend has five. I kept, I kept fighting it. Actually, I kept trying to come up with with the three. Here's three. Here's three. Here's three. And it just wasn't right. It wasn't right. So we tried one with four. And then we tried one with five. And that was uh, everyone agreed that yes, that tastes like Christmas in a cup. It's an extremely complex coffee. There's a lot going on. It's got a lot of interesting flavors going on. It's blended from beans really all across the coffee belt. Um, we roasted it darker. Each component is is roasted on its own and then blended together. So there's there's varying roast levels within the roast, but overall it's a I would call it a dark roast on the 
the light end of the of the dark roast spectrum. Yeah, when looking at the color of the bag of the beans, I, I didn't think dark roast just from eyeballing them. They didn't have the glisten of a lot of oil. So so some of the beans in there are taken past second crack, but the most of them were taken to right before. But it just has that fireside, comforting type flavor and mouthfeel too. It's it's a it's a heavier coffee. We get that from the Sumatra beans that we that are in there. It's just I do got like a, Sumatra. Yeah, it's got a it's got a slightly sweet finish, which which I describe as a, a graham cracker finish. You know, graham crackers aren't necessarily overly sweet, but they leave a lingering what's the word I'm looking for the, the oat flavor sort of you know that 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 well, um, just a hint of the brown wheaty. sugar somewhere in the mix. Yeah, so it's it's it's, not, it's subtle, yeah. it's, but it's not it's not like eating a a chocolate covered cookie or anything. Nope. It's it's not that kind of sweetness, but it but it's it, not but a pop tart. Yeah, it's a pleasant lingering sweetness, and that's why. I described it as graham cracker and i think that's what's on the on the bag it um, is yeah a little bit of the description here i've had, I've had people tell me that they get they get hints of marshmallow from it which i i don't oh um, dude really yeah which i i don't i don't i don't quite see but but hey are they I thinking mean, about roasted marshmallow i don't know i don't oh, know hmm. i'm gonna have to think about that again when i have some more this afternoon yeah i, but, I could see but that that's good that's what we're going for you know we're going for that homey kind of kind of flavor and if people are, are getting that we've uh you've achieved at least for the most part yeah we've hit our goal well and what i like about your blend is it doesn't remind me of anybody else's christmas blend like i didn't taste this and immediately think oh yeah mm, i've yeah. got this from the other varieties out there yeah it's really nice that we actually achieved well i i cannot speak for it it, it really this is y'all's work y'all really achieved something unique so that if people already got their christmas blends from some other source this is still worth a try because this is not a profile I usually associate with craft coffee this time of year. Yeah, and that's and, re- very refreshing. And it's because because I personally tend to to like coffees from the the lower end of the roast spectrum. This isn't in my coffee preference wheelhouse, but because I'm roasting coffee every day and I'm tasting coffee every day, I have to step out of what I personally like and and just taste the coffee for what it is. It's not something I would drink year round or or even every day. Um, for me, you know, apparently for others too, it has a it has a Christmassy feel to it. Something unique, something complex, but then also something that's that's not overly thick and sweet and syrupy. That uh, you have to have two sips and like, okay, that's I'm done with that. All right. Well, with that in mind, go ahead and check it out if you're interested in getting some seasonal coffee from Thrasher. I think that you could buy them by the pound and just see for yourself, and then make great Christmas gifts. I'm just going to push that again because. I really do love their coffee, and I think you should try it out if you haven't. I mean, this is episode 44. You've heard a lot about Thrasher Coffee in this show, and if you haven't given it a try, now is a great time to do so. I do love them, and it would make great drinking from now till Christmas and the New Year's. Mm -hmm. Now, moving on to the last thing I wanted to talk about for this episode, we have the Kalita Wave. Now, Eric, this is a very fun brewer. I have here... The top for the carafe, that's the lid for the carafe. I have the wavy paper filters that go inside of the dripper itself. This thing looks like um, a lot like other pullovers might. So you have the cone-shaped filter, the dripper on top, you have a handle for it. It kind of resembles a coffee mug in a certain sort of stylistic way. Yeah. But it looks like it's sitting on a saucer, a little metal saucer. Yeah, yeah it does. It looks, it looks like a... Maybe like a teacup on a saucer. On a, yeah, with an attached saucer. Yeah, that's true. Now, so this dripper, which is just elegant in the first place, is made of metal. Yeah, it looks it looks retro. It does. It looks like like something that Don Draper would use. And it comes uh, with these waves in the side of it that help create some sort of extra air breathability. 
inside of the dripper while you're making the brew, and I'll explain why that's useful in a minute. At the bottom of it, there's actually three holes for the dripping down into the Glass Kalita Wave Carafe. This guy is sold separately on Amazon. Of course it is. Of course it is. You don't actually have to use this thing. Right. You could make the coffee right into your coffee mug. But it is nice because it is glass. You can see straight through it. And the carafe is shaped sort of like other coffee dripper carafes I've seen. A miniaturized sort of, uh, what would you say, pyramid-shaped carafe that sits well. It's not going to tip under any circumstances. Has a huge handle, so you can get a good three fingers in there. Yeah, it looks like the V60 carafe, or it looks like the bottom half of a of a, of a Chemex. And the top, um, yeah, exactly. And it, the top of it blooms out. Is that an flask that goes up like that? It makes a great sturdy carafe for two or three cups worth of coffee. And the reason I got this thing in the first place was that our Chemex broke. <laughs> right when I said that I was going to start using our Chemex in the place of an AeroPress in another coffee dripper. Because I wanted to be able to make more coffee in a single brew. The AeroPress is fantastic for a, a single brew for myself or for my friends that come over. And it, sometimes I have this one other friend who comes over and he's developing code while I'm working on some graphic design. If I wanted to make two cups of AeroPress coffee, I just noticed that it was consuming a lot of time to make two brews back to back. So I wanted a coffee brewer, a coffee maker that would make two cups of coffee in one brew. And, and I will definitely do that. Yeah, exactly. So there's two different models of the Kalita Wave. They come in a smaller size that makes one or two persons worth of coffee. And that's called the 155 Kalita Wave. And then there's the larger one, which actually doesn't look all that large. As a coffee dripper, it still looks like it's small. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's enough to hold all the coffee grounds you need to make a brew for three to four people, it says. Now, these would be small cups of coffee. Yeah. By anyone's measurement. The Japanese made this device, and they think that this is going to make enough coffee for three or four people. All over the packaging, it's in Japanese. But you made 16 ounces of coffee this morning, right? I did. actually made about 18 ounces of coffee okay. in one brew. And that was you put, you was put eight ounces of coffee in each one of these Irish coffees, right? I did. Okay. Using the Kalita wave. Yeah, and that was just with, with one pot. So yeah, it does. If you're going to serve your guests just a, a, a splash of coffee... Uh, you know, four ounces, five ounces each, then yeah, then you could get four cups out of it. But we're in America. Everything's big. Exactly. Uh, we get double portions. That's right. Your, your single portion is like our half a portion. Yeah. So the, the carafe is made of glass. That's the way it just wanted to go. I believe this is probably the only model that Kalita makes. It just makes sense. It fits right in the hand. And I like it with my collection of coffee stuff on my coffee bar mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Yeah, it does look nice. As a combo. But like I said, you, if you just wanted the Kalita Wave dripper and you want to put that on top of your coffee mugs, that'll work too. And you'll save a good bit of money. So what I think about this machine, um, it works really great. And overall, the experience of brewing the coffee, it is a lot like a coffee dripper pour over is, like the Hario V60 experience. You would use a similar ratio of coffee grounds. You would use a similar sort of paper filter, which you need to dispose of when you're done. It's only going to be usable for one brew. Um, you would wash it similarly, and you don't need the carafe, like I mentioned before. But one thing I really enjoy about the Kalita Wave is because it has all these waves inside of the dripper, and it has the waves in the coffee filter. It produces a great coffee smell that bellows out of this thing when you're making the brew. Mm. It makes a lot of coffee aroma when you're making the brew. It really does. It enveloped our kitchen. Hmm. And every time, so I'm getting more of that smell, that, that fragrance 
in the kitchen than I ever did with our other drippers or our AeroPress. That that is, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't I didn't think about that, but yeah, the filter is what you would see in a a typical electric drip machine. It's got those ridges, ridges. Or, or, yeah. or, or whatever to it. Most of the other pour over cones that you buy and you buy the filters for are smooth filters. They don't have those ridges in there, but they do in an electric drip. So this is a manual pour over, but it's got the basket type filter that you would find in a electric drip machine. For what it is worth now, as far as like the flavor profiles that it makes, it's very similar to what you'd get from something like the V60. I really enjoy it. It doesn't have much in the way of oils though which I really, really enjoy from the French presses and the AeroPress. Yeah, well, you, well it's because you have a filter there. It does. And the yeah, AeroPress it, filter is very thin. Mm. So you, 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 this is a much thicker filter. For what it is worth, I think this is a more accessible coffee maker for mm. the beginner. So someone who's just getting started would look at this thing and say, I, I understand the design language. I understand what this coffee maker does and how it works because I have experience with other coffee makers commonly used in America, like electric drips. The experience is very familiar to a beginner coffee enthusiast or someone who wants to take it in the handcrafted coffee direction. So I think that this would make a great coffee maker for the starter. Unlike the, the Chemex, which might look a little bit more intimidating as a, a fancified looking dripper mm -hmm. with extra fancy looking paper filters that are more custom made and a lot more elaborate. But this is also a little bit more pricey than other pour over cones, right? It depends on which model you're getting. Like okay. some of the Chemexes are extra, extra large. And if that's what you need to make all the coffee you need at home, then they're going to be more expensive than this is. Okay. And if you don't need the carafe, you can still save a lot of money. And I could see a lot of college students using the Kalita Wave up top. And it comes in different materials. You can get it in different colors. You can get it in brown ceramic. You can get it in white ceramic. You can get brown or bleached paper filters. You can get the copper metal Kalita Wave, which <laughs> would go great with your steampunk collection. <laughs> and you can get it in this one that looks like it belongs with the 10 man set. It's very chrome like. So overall, I love this coffee brewer. I'm going to use this for a good long time. And I'm using the AeroPress less and less. I used to use the AeroPress like three times a day. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine that I could be pulled away from the, the AeroPress. But the consistency is close enough that I can tell the difference in the quality of the coffee when I make a brew. But it's still worth the time savings, the efficiency of making one brew of coffee for two or three people with the Kalita rather than making two or three separate brews for two or three different people when I used to use the AeroPress for myself and a ceramic coffee dripper for my wife and then who, whatever for another party that happened to be in the house. Okay. So yes, I'm going to have links to the Kalita Wave in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out for your coffee friends here at Christmas. Again, I'd make a great gift. I'm so it's a thumbs up on the Kalita. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to do it for this episode, right, Eric? Uh, Yeah. Happy Sweet. Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Top Brew. I want to say that I'm extra thankful for all of our listeners. Y'all have been great listeners, giving us very positive feedback over the many months that we've been doing the show. iTunes reviews. Yeah. iTunes reviews. If you want to express what you're thankful for this, uh, you know, this week, go to iTunes and express gratitude for the Top Brew podcast. Why I'm not? I'm thankful for Top Brew podcast because dot, dot, dot. So thanks for joining us on the Top Brew podcast, this extra special Thanksgiving spectacular. <laughs>
<laughs> you will find the show notes at toprew.fm slash 44. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at toprewfm. We're also available on Facebook at facebook.com slash toprewfm. If you have any questions for us, any coffee questions like Daryl did, send them to us via Twitter or Facebook along with hashtag AskTopBrew. Lastly, I want to give a special thanks again to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. To show your support of the podcast, enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. Use the coupon code THANKSTHRASHER to get 25% off of your first order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to the Top Brew Podcast. Podcast.